Is David Johnson this year's Odell Beckham? Is Eddie Lacy this year's Trent Richardson? Is your FFPC squad this year's $300,000 winner? We'll potentially answer those questions and more. Plus, Blake Pyle will tell us what it's like to have two top 30 teams in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into the championship round. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here, and I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your HSFF hour starts now. You want to see my girl? I ain't that dumb. You want to see my girl? Check Maxim. Man, why does every black actor got to rat some? I don't know. All I know is I'm the best one. It's a combine. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you mug to talk about. It's a combine. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you mug to talk about. You know these rapper dudes talk, talk, start killing. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Oh my cousin, now he can't even think straight. Black and white music, Thank you a lot, Rob, and hello, everybody. Welcome to this December 4th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's presented by MyFFPC.com, live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by NFLShop.com. NFLShop.com has the largest assortment of officially licensed NFL merchandise on the planet. Their variety of products is second to none, and NFLShop.com is your top destination for all 32 NFL franchises with a one-stop shopping solution for all your favorite teams. They know what their fans want at NFLShop.com, the official online store of the NFL. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzakanatics in the chat room. Downloading around the world, I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is, as always, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll recap the insane finish from last night's Motor City Miracle, discuss a bevy of starter sits, and play some would-you-rathers with the top tight end choices in League Championship Week. Plus... Blake Pyle, owner of two top 30 teams in the Football Guys Players Championship, dropped some science on us on how to assemble dominant high-stakes fantasy football teams. And we'll ask him a baseball question or two as well. Dave, I know you're extremely excited for the baseball portion of the interview. Did you say baseball? Baseball. We have a a very talented former college baseball player on the show tonight. We're going to talk about uh, that very briefly. It's not going to be a big thing. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice that he played. That he actually played. I thought you were going to talk about MLB. So I'd... No, no. Well, we're going to get into Major League Baseball because he played with some Major League Baseball all-stars, at least one. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. All right, I'm moderately interested. Yeah, well, good. You know, as long as I can keep you moderately in- interested in this show, I, I feel like I've uh, done my job. Shout out to the chat room right now. Billy Joe, Henry Mudo, Mint, and Wiggy all hanging out in there amongst others. You guys can post questions you might have in there right now uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter. We are at HSFF Power. I am at Eric Balkman, and Dave is at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is where you can reach uh, us there. 347 426 3682. That's 347 Game Over if you want to call with us, uh, call us and uh, chat with us tonight. Uh, you can also email the show at the FedEx inbox at high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for Blake, get them into the FedEx inbox now. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, tirelessly working here on this cold December. Actually, it's kind of a, a a uh, mild December night here in Northeast Wisconsin. No they're going to they're going to get us those uh, questions uh, later on in the show in the fantasy feedback segment. Excuse me. All right, let's kick it off with uh, a question in the chat room. Dave Wiggy needs two of the following: Anquan Bolden, Brandon Cooks, Gary Barnage, or Jordan Matthews. Schedule. So I didn't know we were doing this advance. Yeah, advanced I didn't. Right I didn't either. Ball. But but I think Wiggy's thing is like, look, maybe if I get to him right away, I don't actually have to suffer through the entire show. <laughs> I can just we'll get answer my, that at the end of the show. Yeah, you, yeah, that's what we should do. Like, like I'll just post my question in there now. They'll answer it, and then I can turn the turn the the show off and stare at the wall, which would be much improvement, uh, a big, a huge improvement from actually sitting and staring at the wall while listening, uh, uh, staring at the wall and listening to the show. So let's uh, let's answer the uh, the question as best we could. Are you pulling up the schedule? It looks like you got it there. I know the 49ers play the Bears. That I can tell you. The Saints play. They're at Carolina, right? Uh, Saints are at home against Carolina. Okay. Um, Cincinnati is at Cleveland for the Barnage start, mm-hmm. and Jordan Matthews for Philly plays. Who the hell are they? Oh, at New England. 
Uh, I am sitting Cooks and I am sitting Matthews. I'm playing Bolden and Barnage. What do you think of that? Um, I would still start Cooks. I think he's the primary target there, and he's got he still has Drew Brees throwing to him. Could have versus, Josh. Could have Josh Norman on him though. Versus Blaine Gabbert throwing to Bolden. I just you know I'm, Bolden's kind of falling off a little bit for me. Um, I kind of still like Barnage though. I mean, he's really getting a lot of targets on that offense. So I'd probably, I'd probably go Barnage and Cooks. So he says Barnage Cooks. I say Barnage Bolden. Of course, you know I'm going to go with my Florida State guy. Yeah, I mean it's funny that we neither one of us picked Matthews in what's probably going to be the highest score, you know, a high-scoring game. Plus, New England tries to take away the best player on the other team, and it's probably not Matthews. I mean, I don't really know who. It, I don't know. There is a best. I would player. think There's it would no be. I would there. think it'd be Matthews. It's. I mean, if Ryan Matthews is healthy, it might be him. You know, he's certainly been play, out playing I mean, Demarco Jordan, Murray. Jordan Matthews. I know, and I'm uh, saying like if Ryan Matthews would health, be healthy, yeah, he probably would be the best guy. I don't know, but. Anyway, so there you go. There's our terrible answers. Okay. Nothing but terrible answers from here on out, people. Get used to it. Football guys, Roto World and Rob, all helped with tonight's rundown. Let's talk about that Packers-Lions game very briefly, Dave, because I know how much you love talking about recaps. Richard Rodgers, eight for a buck 46 and a touchdown. Insane uh, performance last night. It was a great, um, unbelievable finish, obviously. Um, fantastic. FFPC player Jeff Brill put out on Twitter after the game, uh, he's in his FFPC main event championship this week. Had Gronk. Gronk probably not going to play. Only tight end he could play instead, Richard Rodgers. Our, our buddies, Kurt and Leroy, had, had that in the championship yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. But their their thing is they didn't have Gronk. They just had crappy tight ends right here. Yeah, so that's just a shrewd decision to start Rodgers then. It's, it's it's actually like the, the tight end Hail Mary move to start start Rodgers in that spot, and then he, he paid off. I mean, you have an elite quarterback throwing to him, and Rodgers has kind of played all right at times. Uh, a second-year player out of Cal. So at least being a second-year player, he has been emerging as the season wears on. Plus, he's probably one of the few guys you can catch on the team. Sticking with the tight end uh, real quick, Billy Joe, 166, wants to know. Jacob Tammy, Vance McDonald, Clive Walford this weekend. you got to pick one. Tammy is at Tampa. Vance McDonald is, I believe, at home against Chicago. No, he's at Chicago. And Clive Walford, let's just take him out of the equation. Oh, Tammy. I agree. No Hankerson. Hankerson's on IR. I'm looking. In fact, I think we have an email about Tammy coming up, so we'll well, talk once about Once again, you have Matt Ryan throwing, too. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I don't mind Gabbard. Gabbard's playing a little better than I thought, but he's still not. He's still Gabbard. Um, was it one of those, uh, one of, quote, unquote, those games for Calvin? He was looking good right away. Three catches, 44 yards, has that crazy touchdown, one-handed touchdown catch, and then Stafford never goes back to him. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Calvin nowadays is, like, he feels he's getting older. He's going to have a lot of those spotty games. I wouldn't say – I would just say expect half of his games to suck and half of them to be either good to elite. You know, he had that elite game on Thanksgiving Day, but that's what you're getting with him. To me, it, it just – I mean, Stafford – I shouldn't say Stafford didn't go back to him. He went back to him a ton, and it just seemed like their timing was off. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the – the, the pass was either underthrown or overthrown or it wasn't, you know, it didn't catch him in the right. Like he, Calvin Johnson was doing a great job on Sam Shields last night. And if, for whatever reason, in the second half, they just couldn't click. Yeah. So, right. um, the they, good, they didn't really have a huge need to because they were up by so much. So that's one of the, of course, their running game is so bad that they still are going to have to throw. But, uh, one thing I was going to just make a point about Detroit. I, their, their defense really impressed me. Yeah. I know the Packers had a lot of offensive linemen out. But the Lions' defense has been coming on in recent weeks. I kind of like them. You know, I don't know who they're playing coming up, but I think they might be a decent playoff ad. And remember, whoever they play next. Well, first of all, I don't know who they play either. But if you saw the game last night, you know all the talk in Detroit was let's run the table, go nine and seven, and make the playoffs. Right. You know, so obviously their schedule is pretty soft from here on out. And this defense for the last month of the season has been playing very, very well, almost to the point, Dave, because the Kentucky waivers actually lock uh, tonight, um, as do the FFPCs. And uh, I was actually looking at picking up Detroit as a, um, a a play down, like a streaming play down the way. That's how much that they've improved. Yeah, no, I know. I did pick them up in a few leagues, actually. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm clicking on schedule, Balky. And, and, and it's not up. loading? Here, no, here it, we go. It is loading, actually. I'm after Green Bay. Whoever they play after Green Bay, they're going to get an extra three days to prepare. At St. Louis. So that's actually, granted, that's, it's a road game, but it's still a good matchup for them. Case Keenum. At the Saints, so that's not quite as good. And then at home, Week 16 against San Francisco. Juicy, juicy, juicy. Well, two out of three are two yeah. out of three are really, really good. You know, and I would even say like like against New Orleans, New Orleans it hasn't been that great. No, they've not you know? been. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, in a pinch, you can play them. Hopefully, you have a better option in Week 15. Uh, anything else to say about the game? Nope. 
think we beat that to death. Bruce Arians said today that David Johnson could get, quote, up to 25 touches in Week 13 at St. Louis. This is according to Mike Jarecki on can I, Twitter. Can I, can I interrupt? Yes. Bruce Arians, is he not the coach out of every coach in the entire NFL that is the most consistent with saying how many touches a, a running back could or could not get? Andre Ellington, he could get 30 carries a game. Oh, Chris Johnson, where do you give him 20? I, I don't know of a single other coach that gives out this much carry information, yeah. and it's never right. It's, it's never accurate. It's never accurate. He doesn't know what the hell like, is going on. He's just making crap up. Like, like okay, yeah, we want to get David Johnson 25 touches. We want to get Larry Fitzgerald 10, uh, 10 catches. We want to get Michael Floyd 7 catches. And we, we want to score 100 points. And, like, so it's like you add up all the – okay, and you figure this. there's got to be some incomplete passes. Okay, so apparently Bruce Arians thinks he's going to run 190 plays <laughs> yeah, this game. You know fun. what I mean? He's crazy. Um, but the fact that he said it, you have to like that. Uh, if you own David Johnson, Chris Johnson, done for the regular season. Andre Ellington already ruled out for this weekend's game. Stephen Taylor, who actually I put in some bits for tonight, I'm almost embarrassed to say. But, <laughs> you should very well. But be. honestly, like just as a like a, a you know a streaming type guy, maybe he catches fire if it's David not, Johnson gets hurt. It's not bad. I mean, with turf toe, I mean that turf toe is terrible. I had that in high school. Yeah. And uh, Chris Johnson's out, so he might be the legitimate backup. David Johnson, the rest of the way, he's going to be tough to bench for for FFPC years. Yeah, I mean Arizona's a good offense, so they're going to actually have the lead a lot of times. So I think he's going to be great. He's a great pass catching back. Uh, and I think he's going to probably be 90% owned in daily this week. I would say that his strength is is catching the ball out right. of the backfield. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just all the people that either drafted him and hung on to him or were shrewd enough to pick him up off the waiver wire, man, this is what you dream of. It, sure. it, it's yeah. going to be a fun four weeks for you. Or own him in Dynasty. Or own him in Dynasty. Remember we were talking about David Johnson and, you know, preseason in Dynasty. We, you know, we yeah, liked the, him. the plumber hamster. Yeah, he was the guy who was – Cleaning the school out in the summer. Right, we exactly. all, we were, I was like, you know, saying how much of a good work ethic. Yeah, so, yeah, fantastic work ethic. Yeah, you know, fixing those broken cabinets and stuff like that. That's paid off for him now. It builds character and <laughs> uh, a good lower body. Rob Gronkowski out for week uh, thirteen against the Eagles. This according to Jeff Howe on Twitter. Jeff Ho Howe. I don't know. Uh, Gronk week to so week. There, an e? there is an E. How? So it's how. Okay, well. And there, uh, like if like the, the if word Jeff, how if it was Jeff H O it would be Jeff Ho and then you'd be like oh the Hawaiian writer Jeff Ho yeah the, uh, c- covering the Patriots for American Samoa <laughs> Jeff Ho the Pan Asian reporter right right like uh, had tweeted that right after he tweeted that about Gronk he uh, talked about this uh, lovely uh, luau he was going to be attending <laughs> with uh, Bill Belichick in the off season. Um, he's week to week with a bruised sprained knee. That is uh, Jeff Howe, not or excuse me. That's Rob Gronkowski, not Jeff Howe. <laughs> How's uh, it off? He's fine. So the 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 fantasy knowledge here, Scott Chandler, baby. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Just I mean a fantasy bonanza. I actually got him in Kentucky in a couple leagues. I got him in Carrington, honestly, just to keep him away from you. Like I totally overbid on him. You are a jerk. No, seriously, because was that I, tonight or was that Wednesday? No, it was Wednesday. Oh, nice. We have a two hundred dollar budget, and I did fifty bucks on him. <laughs> Like just just to get on. Like, so, like, so just to say, I have in that league, I have Tyler Eifert, right? Who's now doubtful, by the way. I learned this afternoon. Yeah, he, we we and have then, an email coming up later on. And about I have that Gronk, too. who's out, and then I have, not that anyone cares about this, and then I have Ladarius Green, who pretty much sucks. Yeah. So I put I actually put in a waiver move for. Um, not well, for, you had to put in one for Chandler. No, I know. I'm saying tonight. I put in one for tonight or tomorrow. For uh, one of some of the one of the other guys who's out there is going to start. That didn't uh, get picked up. Like not Luke Wilson, but the, someone who's better than him. Like uh, Will. It could no. be like Vance McDonald Will or Will Ty. Oh, um, what about uh, uh, Cameron? What's his name from Tampa? Right. Yeah, I but picked AS, him up in Kentucky. Well, that's too bad because ASJ is going to probably play. With oh, him. you listen. I've he heard that. Cleared. I've heard this song and dance before. He got cleared for takeoff. Yeah, for how long? Why wasn't this like, in the news rundown, like, Robbie? First of all, it's ASJ coming. ASJ might be playing, first, y'all. First of all, it's coming up. So relax. Oh, sorry. Second of all. Oh, here um, it is, right here. The next yes, story. Exactly. Second of all, uh, what? Who's to say that Lovey Smith doesn't downgrade him to doubtful tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, honestly, he probably don't want him. He probably will. Uh, I would not be starting ASJ. So let's move on to the next question right away. Okay. I would not play ASJ his first week back. You see, that that's what I was going to ask you. Um, I figured it was. Does this make you want to sit Vjax more if you were playing him as like a flex? Are are you concerned that the return of ASJ? Well, you may not want to play ASJ might take away from Vincent Jackson. 
Yeah, it's, it's a legitimate thought. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe it's had. I don't think it affects Mike Evans. I think you play him no matter what. Yeah, you're going to be playing him. And people are like, Balky, why are you talk- even talking about sitting Mike Evans? And I said this last week on the show. This is the time of year where I know you always start your studs, but you have to consider other options when you have this much cash on the line. Like Brian Hartline. Well, you know, I don't want to get nuts here, but what about NFFC in 2008? We rode Kurt Warner that entire season, and then week 16 comes, and we make the, you know, bold at the time move to play Rivers over Kurt Warner when people were, you know, like there was one service out there. Yeah, it was Mike Nazareth. No, it was not. Mike Nazareth was the one who told me that he would start Rivers over Warner. Maybe he told you that via but, email. But there was one rankings site oh, out there, yeah. and that was Lou Tranquilli's BFD. Okay, well, that had uh, Philip Rivers over Kurt Warner. Yeah, so those other guys had Warner ahead. When meanwhile, there's you know there's a snowstorm predicted, and Warner was it was a not a not a game they had to win. It was right. like a meaningless game. Yeah. So he had 30 passing yards. I, I did he even have that much? I think so. Okay. Well, whatever. Rivers had two. Rivers was playing in Tampa. It was like 70 degrees and sunny out, and he had two touchdowns in the first quarter. So if you have ASJ, you're not playing him. I unless I unless I have literally no other options. Let, let me ask you this: If you knew that ASJ was playing last night, and you had it was either him or Richard Rodgers, obviously you couldn't have known. Started Rodgers. You would have started Richard Rodgers. Yeah, and that'd be granted. It's easy to look back and say that, but I mean Rodgers at least you knew he was good. He, even if you knew ASJ was going to play, it's like off of that much of an absence. Right. In, in this kind of like weird, cloudy, muddy situation, where yeah. you, you don't even know what the story is with him. Uh, weren't you the same guy that picked up Sharkhandrick West for ten dollars this year? Yeah. Just uh, why helping you fluff yourself here, Dave? <laughs> once again, just I don't need. I would have started Richard Rogers last night. I picked up Sharkhandrick West whatever, for ten dollars. Whatever, man. Whatever. Is, so is West? What, do we have a West story here? Is yeah, it's what? coming up. It's All coming right. up. We got. An, I think we got an email about. It. Oh, you know what? I take that back. No. We're going to ask our next guest, or our first guest about it tonight, Dave. Our uh, first because, and next. Because he has that decision to oh, make wonderful. for a lot of cash. Nice. We're going to screw him up. Yeah, well, hopefully we don't. Let's bring him in. He's been playing fantasy football now for more than 20 years, many of which are under the name Team Encore, in honor of a business that he and his partner started in 2004. Uh, his business partners, Mark Harrelson and Greg Robertson, who both have somehow managed to win more local league championships than him, introduced him to high-stakes fantasy football with the WCOF in 2004. They all joined the FFPC in 2011. Besides competing in his local league uh, that has now grown to 24 teams as well as the occasional FanDuel contest, he plays exclusively in the FFPC in the Football Guys Players Championship. He said he owes special thanks to Kristen, his wife of 25 years, and their three kids, Taylor, Michaela, and Reagan, who have all lived with and endured his passion for fantasy football. And that passion has helped him into 10th and 27th place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship Heading into the championship round. Please welcome from Team Encore, Mr. Blake Pyle. What is up, Blake? That's quite an introduction. Uh, it's very impressive. I appreciate it. We have nice no doubt on. you're going to lead up to it. Don't worry, Balky likes to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, uh, let, let me uh, open the, uh, the interview process right away with uh, anybody who's watching the show right now. On, uh, well, not watching it, but listening to it on Blog Talk Radio. They can actually see the slideshow that we have set up. And uh, in the slideshow, the photo of you is you standing at the uh, Texas A&M uh, baseball stadium that was uh, renovated. And there's actually a photo of you at that stadium um, from back when you were on the team uh, in 1990 and 1991 when you were co-captain. And you guys are actually ranked number one in the country for 11 weeks in 89 you went 58-7 and seven that year, lost to LSU in the regional, so you didn't make it to Omaha for the College World Series, but obviously a great team. And Chuck Knobloch, former Yankees all-star second baseman, Twins all-star second baseman, most recognizable name from that team. What was it like playing with him? It, it, it was impressive. I mean, he, uh, he actually come to us, and he had broken his leg his last year in high school, uh, so didn't even practice with us in the fall, and he was our opening day center fielder. And then, as you know, he went on to play with the Twins at second base. He was our shortstop for the next two years. Uh, amazing athlete, obviously very incredible uh, a player and fun to be with. But I roomed right across from him when I uh, first went to college, so it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And, and uh, I don't know how much you – I mean, obviously you probably followed his career after he, he got to the majors, but our producer Rob is also a big baseball fan, and he wanted me to ask you – what happened to Knobloch later on in his career where he just completely forgot how to throw the ball from second base to first? <laughs> I think he must have been coached by Steve Sachs. I think Sachs <laughs> had the same same issues, but uh, 
uh, it's kind of crazy what what goes on with those guys at that level. It, it, it was insane watching that. And then gets moved outfield. Still a very productive player. Had a, had a great career. Dave, you had a question about Chuck, Chuck Knobloch, of course. So he played for two years in college. What, is that correct? Uh, I actually I was there for five years. I redshirted my first year. So uh, and he was there for two I, of the years that you were there, or was he, did he go? He the was there for years? three. So okay. I, I redshirted my my first year in. So. So what, uh, what was his, like, what was his batting years. average like? I mean, what, I mean, did he just like crank homers like crazy? Bat like four fifty? No, he wasn't a home run guy. He stole a lot of bases, hit a lot of doubles, uh, got on base a ton. Um, he was our leadoff hitter early on. He ended up being our three-hole hitter in that 1989 season. So uh, he was he was a tough out. Um, clearly an All-American, uh, fantastic player. We we had a insane team in 1989. Just uh, I think we won our first 26 games before we lost a single game. So uh, quite a, quite a memorable season. In fact, they still talk about it. We go back, we have reunions, and uh, that 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 was one of the times when I went back. I was actually standing next to my picture for three or four <laughs> innings before I even knew that it was me on the, uh, That's on the column. That's awesome. That so. is fantastic. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so does Knobloch come back and you like act like a toy, like, hey, man, I made this team? <laughs> he doesn't come back. No, no he, doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't show up. So we'll leave it that's at that. Right. That's really funny. <laughs> well, that's the New York in him. He left his A&M-ness in Minnesota. All right, enough about Chuck Knobloch. All right, go on, Dave. Let's I'm talk sorry. about you, Blake. When you're not busy playing fantasy football, what are you doing for a living? Well, well first off, I'd, I'll tell you, I'd much rather be doing fantasy football for a living than pretty much anything else. Uh, so maybe if I can retire in the near future, that's that's what I'll do is do this full time. Um, I, I'd What's probably rather be around the house spending time with my family, but unfortunately work gets in the way right now. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier that I started my own company about 11 years ago. Uh, I was the CFO of, uh, of that company, uh, and that uh, is my team name, Team Encore. The company is called Encore Payment Systems. We sold out a couple years ago to our investors, so today I'm a senior VP of finance for Evo Payments International. Did you have any questions about that, Dave? I know you love to. Uh, I feel like I've gotten my baseball questions, and so you can. Yeah, you know what? I have a question about right, that. Let's Let's hear it. So, so the new company you work with, this is also a payment processor? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny because a few years ago, uh, our chief sales officer, Mark Harrelson, I think may have reached out to somebody, you know, over there about doing the payment processing. But um, it's, it's you know, clearly the fantasy football industry has taken off. Well, I mean, uh, you guys that, have capitalized on it greatly. That, that actually leads to my question. So, first of all, Alex is the one to talk to you about that, and we would be interested. So, um, keep in mind, we are high risk. If you, uh, <laughs> now come on. So now, we we actually do. We actually do have uh, under our Evo portfolio. We do have fantasy football sites. So okay, uh, uh, that right. that discussion actually came up uh, two days ago. I was involved. I was going to ask you. That so. was my that was my main question. So let's say I'm the senior VP over at uh, FanDuel, and I'm like, Hey Blake, you know we're having some problems in New York. Uh, what do you think? Can you hook us up in New York only, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was in New York on the day that announcement <laughs> came out. So. Uh, that was a little bit of a scary thing. I'm sure you guys have plenty of attorneys on that. Oh yeah, we have we have a ton of attorneys on. Yeah, our producer Rob yep. slash attorney is uh, is handling that right now. Audio engineer Bryce, obviously, uh, literally living in the courtroom. Actually, right we now. only have one attorney, uh, Mr. Edelman. Uh, he's a professor at Rutgers, and he's actually uh, he's very knowledgeable. He writes articles in Forbes and stuff. Yeah, Mark Edelman. Yeah, he's a, one of the greatest fantasy minds out there for for lawyers, obviously, and uh, he does a great job with the FFPC, and uh, definitely is uh, really occupying all of his time all right right. with the FFPC. Great job. We got to get Edelman on the show. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we should we'll, get Edelman. We'll get Edelman on the show, but, but I'm not going to get him on if he's going to bill us for it. Well, that's true. We'll have to <laughs> work out some pro bono or something. Blake didn't bill us. For let's let's time. concentrate on Blake because we have so much to learn from him tonight. We have to let this go long because we talk now about Knoblock and Edelman. I can't believe you still remember his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I'm just an average Joe. I'm still trying to figure out why you want to talk to me. So. Oh come on, Blake. We listen. Listen, average Joes do not have two teams. 
in the top 30 overall in the Football Guys Players Championship, which is what you have right now, my friend. Plus, you knocked off Henry Mudo in a playoff game. And I think Mudo's in the chat room crying about it. Henry Mudo, who has won literally every national contest grand prize <laughs> except for the FFPC, uh, just uh, that that is something to to beat him. Um, looking back uh, at those uh, at those drafts, uh, Blake. What did you think you did similarly in both of them, um, you know, not just in the drafts, but maybe roster management throughout the season, or any similarities that, that you did between those two leagues that really helped propel them far up the leaderboard? Yeah, well, well, let me first off say that, you know, I don't know why we don't shut the league off on November the 15th. actually took a snapshot on my <laughs> phone, and the teams are ranked one and two uh, at about two-something that afternoon. Uh, that would have been really nice. Maybe we can change that in the rules next year. Um, but anyway, I think I had a similar strategy for all seven teams I had in the tournament. I, I tabbed Julio Jones as my number one overall player. So you know, to me, it didn't matter where I drafted in the first round. I was going to take him if he was available. Uh, there's, a, I think, three of the teams I ended up with, Demarius Calvin or Odell. Uh, you know, my past experience, I think, the way I've looked at the first round is – uh, the probability of selecting a top running back is really low, uh, and the odds are probably more than double if you end up with a top flight wide receiver. Um, so that kind of made my decision pretty easy. I think if Le'Veon Bell didn't have his suspension to start the year, he, he probably would have been my overall pick. Um, you know, on the team that's the, you know my top team, uh, I went Julio first, then Sanders, Ingram, Brandon Marshall, and Ivory, and, and so that was a kind of a consistent theme you know, throughout most of my drafts, it's really odd. My other team uh, that's actually ranked 27 now, I, I took a little bit different approach because I actually have four running backs that I generally start uh, every week. But the the big pick there was I got Devontae Freeman in the ninth, and I was just following my draft board. Um, you know, Eifert and uh, Jordan Reed are, are, you know, on, on several of my teams. And then Eli Manning I went with at quarterback. Uh, I think most of all, I, I generally, you know, put a lot of weight on my pre-draft strategy and, and a lot of weight on strength of schedule. So to that same end, as you just were talking about a number of similar players on other teams, it sounds like you do have, like you said, you just drafted all these guys on you know, multiple teams. So are you ever too nervous about putting too many eggs in one basket? Um, are you confident, again, to go with that, are you really super confident in your player evaluations before you make your draft picks? Yeah, I am. I, I spend a lot of time on that study and analysis uh, uh, up front. I think you know my background in the financial and accounting area. You know, I'm, I'm a lot more analytical when it comes to that. I, I like you know using probabilities and and things. So you know, the seven teams. I think I've got on probably four teams across the board in different combinations. You know, Eli, Ivory, Ingram, Julio, Fitz, Marshall, Martavis, Bryant, and Eifert you know, are on at least four of those teams. And then I think I got Jordan Reed in five of them. So, um, you know, he's a target monster when he plays. Uh, I think all that just kind of helps my uh, probability of success. And, and yeah, I, I do believe in those guys. A lot of them had real good schedules coming in. That I think that plays a lot, lot into this. Blake Pyle is our guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He has uh, two of his teams in the Football Guys Players Championship in the tap, uh, top 30, one in 10th one in 27th, and let's talk a little bit about Eli Manning that uh, you had already brought up. He was your only quarterback that you drafted in both leagues. Now, a lot of players will only draft one quarterback, but it's usually Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers or somebody of that ilk. Um, why did you only draft one quarterback being an Eli Manning? Was, was it just the sense of, listen, quarterbacks devalued in these leagues, I can pick one up in a pinch if I need it, or did you, were you really excited about the prospects of Eli Manning playing a full season with Odell Beckham this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess all of the, all of the above. I mean, uh, I, I generally, my general rule of thumb is only one quarterback. Uh, you know, I think you're better off, you know, to fill in a roster spot at the end, you know, land somebody like Deion Lewis, Jordan Reed, Dante Moncrief in a, in a later round. I had Eli pegged with the third easiest passing schedule. Seemed like every time when I did uh, uh, some some pre-draft strategy, Eli was the, my quarterback that came up time and time again. You know, in the later rounds, people just weren't seemed didn't seem to be picking him, uh, so he ended up 
landing uh, with me pretty well. I, I did. I, I will say that the uh, three teams where I didn't pick Eli, I did go Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. So that mm. didn't pan out all so well. Uh, in my local league, I ended up taking Tyrod Taylor in the 14th round as my first quarterback. So um, that's kind of been my strategy all, all along. You know, I've noticed that um, uh, previous guests of the show, Aaron Majerian and um, Bo Berman uh, and A.J. Kelsoff, they have been doing this for years where they are not taking a quarterback pre-round 15. And it seems like it's 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 always worked out to a certain degree. But this year, Dave, they're crushing it. They have a lot of teams at the top of both the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event. And I think, like, this is something – that's probably going to carry over next year. Like this, you're, this is you're going to, you're this going to is a thing? listen. You're going to hear literally because there's going to. It's always every single year. It's like, well, wait on a quarterback. Wait on a quarterback. Wait, well, unless you can get Rodgers, or unless you can get Luck, or Breeze, or Manning, or Cam, or Br- you know what I mean. And then by the time we get to the main event or those early September drafts, then people are like, yeah, it's fine to take a quarterback early. I think next year, every, like everybody is going to be insanely waiting on a quarterback. I, I waited on a quarterback in all my Kentucky leagues this year just to get the extra player. Mm-hmm. And like I did okay, like I did better than. Yeah, two than out I, of your, to be truthful, two, two out of your three teams made the playoffs. Right. But but the point is, like I, I not only did I need that extra player at the top of the draft, I needed another one. Like I need like I need that extra like just give me an extra stuff. Two extra I need two extra players next year. So I'm just I I don't know what I'm going to do, but I think that that is what we're going to see more of uh, next year. Well, I think it's going to be exactly the same. Okay. So moving on, let's uh. Let's skip Balky's complete analysis there, and he just turned away all of. No, I'm just I'm looking at the rundown <laughs> here. Uh, Sharkandrick West, our, our only professional NFL prospect ever to be on the show, and he's now, now starting running back. And now he's big timing us. Yeah, won't big, come back on the show. Yeah, he's he's like our, he's our Chuck Nabla. <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say about that. That is bit. good. He is our Chuck Nabla. So you have uh, Sharkandrick and Spencer, and you have to choose which one to start this week. Obviously, you'll, you'll wait until you know they say what's going to happen with injury injuries and, and the health of, of West. But do you feel pretty comfortable uh, that it's going to be one or the other? Or are you kind of concerned that you may have to look at a 50-50 split here? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, fortunately, the lineup that you're looking at, um, I have other options where those two guys don't even come into play because I've got Ingram and, and Ivory. I, I, I think if Ivory. people are... I think if people are in a situation where you've got to start one of the two, I mean, my choice would probably be West just because of the passing game action. Uh, you know, I think Ware may steal some goal line looks uh, and maybe eat into some of West's touches if, if West is back. But, um, you know, I would probably go West just because of the passing game efficiency in our league. So, But I, I don't have to worry about that. My biggest decision ended up being Martavis Bryant or Eifert, and I think with Eifert being doubtful, I'm, I'm going with Bryant. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's nice just to. Oh, I'm I'm telling you, just to not have to think. Dave, about the it. people we've interviewed on this show in December in years past, they've always it's always been easy decisions for them. My like, roster is ten deep. Like yeah, exactly, ten deep, or it's eleven deep, Including and one. Including the kicker and the defense. Or it's eleven deep, and one guy's hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's just, and I'm telling you, like people end up winning tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars based on just not screwing it up. There's been there's been people who are like, I, my roster's too deep. I, you've said it before on this show plenty of times. You're like, it's very difficult when you have a deep roster like that to pick the correct guys every single week. Well, you that, know? That, those are, that, that's why I'm having struggles in Carrington with all my wide receivers. Oh, yeah, your team's so amazing there. My running backs, not so good. Yeah, well, you'll have that. I think Abdul is my one. Blake, uh, the starting Oakland receivers are Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. Seth Roberts still being a popular ad in the FFPC this week, and you actually picked him up in one of your football guys' leagues. Uh, given that he's you know, not the primary option, not really the secondary option, was this a move just in case Cooper or Crabtree got hurt, or do you expect that Roberts is going to be targeted by Derek Carr down the stretch? No, great, great question. I, right now I'm just stashing him so he's not a starter on my team right now. I want to I see if his targets and playing time increase. But you know, anytime you get a guy that uh, starts making some explosive plays like that, uh, you know, you want to uh, jump in on that if you can. You know, uh, I think a few years ago you saw Lance Moore in New Orleans, and I grabbed him pretty early, and then he paid off with, I think, 10 touchdowns for the year. So, uh, you know, you never know. You know, it's it's worth a, it's worth a bid. Well, yeah, I don't understand this next question. <clears throat> it's about the Vikings' defense against Russell Wilson or the Dolphins <laughs> against Matt Schaub. Yeah. I don't understand that question. What don't you understand about Why are we asking it? You don't think that people are facing this question? And, and no, I the, think everyone's starting the Dolphins against Matt Schaub. 
Okay. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Let's, let's ask Blake. So, what, some let's players ask Blake. May, may be facing this. Why would you start a Vikings defense against a good? I mean, he only scored like 40 fantasy points last week. Russell Wilson led Seahawks. Instead of the Dolphins against a Matt Schaub, I threw it to the other team last week for a touchdown, led Ravens, whose season is over completely. <laughs> you're, you're scaring me because maybe I need to go back and look at my <laughs> I'm lineups t- I'm again. You, uh, especially after Schaub threw that pick good. six again. He's on a streak. Um, you know, I, I'll say right now where I've got it is I look Seattle's the second most sacked team behind only Cleveland. You know, Russell has had some fumbling problems. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, and Schaub wasn't sacked last week, and the Dolphins haven't shown much of a pass rush. Right now, that's that's where I'm leaning. Now, I'm not going to say I'm not going to change that. You know, hoping for another Schaub pick six, uh, you know, right before the uh, the kickoff. But uh, right now, that's kind of where I'm sitting. Well, Blake, but hold on, hold on, Dave. Let me let me ask a follow-up. Yeah, sorry. Blake, that's, that's an interesting point. So for you, when you're looking at – you know, when you're choosing between uh, one or two defenses to start a week, do you tend to, like, look at give me the one-point sack teams more so than counting on, like, the turnover teams, the pick-six type teams? The consistency. Yeah, I mean, are you going for the consistent, you know, quarterback pressure over the big play potential? Yeah, I am, because I think, you know, the, the, the sack leads to the interception. The sack leads to the fumble. You know, whereas the other, it's it's more of a gamble. So, you know, the team that you know, like a Vikings defense that's that's racking up a lot of sacks, probably going to lean on them more. They're also playing at home. You know, it's a big game. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of that there. So, uh, you know, but you raise an excellent point. I mean, Schaub, he could get on another pick six streak, and if I miss out on that, you know, I'd hate to make that that decision. So I may make a change. Uh, you know, come the end of the week. I'm telling you, if if you gotta sweat one lineup decision, that's the lineup decision I want to sweat. I don't want to have to like sweat like well, a Mar- like Martavis Bryant, Tyler Eifert, and the FFPC or the Football Guys Players Championship. That would have been a nightmare Sunday morning. Well, speaking of sweating, it's going to be 81 degrees in Miami, and uh-huh. Baltimore is a moderate the, weather. They're team. used to the cold weather. They're a moderate weather team. Oh, you, this 30% is... chance of thunderstorms, Blake. So just keep an eye on the weather for well, us in is... case you get to one of those. Classic Florida downpour. If only we had Experto in the chat room right now that could give us more information <laughs> on, on the, the weather situations that are going to be going on for games this week. Blake Pyle is our guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He owns the 10th place and the 27th place overall teams in the Football Guys Players Championship as we head into League Championship weekend and the championship round the week after. Blake, in uh, making sure that your rosters are going to be all set for the duration of the season after they lock, what do you take in, into consideration in order to make sure that you have the proper depth as well as the best possible lineup for $300,000? Well, I, I think you mentioned it earlier. I mean, I think you know, these teams, I, I've built a lot of depth in case any of my studs, you know, suffer an injury or they're out, like especially in the case of Eifert sitting out. I mean, I have Reed or Tammy to fill in or some other receivers, you know, so I'm uh, I'm not locked in. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to have – an Eddie Lacy type situation like uh, last night. I mean, I think, um, you know, I focus a lot on matchups and targets for receivers. So generally when I try to, you know, pick between the two, whether it's a fringe running back or a wide receiver, I'll probably go with a wide receiver because I could bank on the targets. Uh, I'll tell you last week when it came to quarterbacks, uh, I thought I made a horrible decision. I had originally gone with Cousins over Eli because of the home game, uh, Cousins has been so strong at home this this year. And the first half, the way that thing looked, I was I was feeling miserable that I wasn't going to win any of my uh, playoff games. And then uh, Eli came on strong and threw it to Odell and had that ridiculous catch. So I uh, kind of salvaged my day. But uh, you know, for the most part, I think my lineups are pretty straightforward uh, with the players that I have and. Uh, I was fortunate to win all six of my playoff games last week, so <laughs> hoping I can keep it going for one more week. So, That's so you really, you won? So hang on, you won six, six and zero, oh, baby. Oh. Yeah, I, of, of the seven teams that I put in the tournament, I had six in the playoffs uh, last week. I won all six games, so I'm uh, oh. playing for championship this week in six leagues. That is that is fantastic. Hey, you know, we, we won three. Well, I mean, I have to look at the guys I've got at, at all, you know Julio and Marshall and Fitzgerald and. Ingram and Ivory. I mean, it's you know very similar teams. They're all very similar. So what if long they as, all suck? Long as Hulu, I've been telling my kids, you know, root for Julio. 
Blake, uh, I, I think I know how you're going to answer this next question. This is an email that we got in from Joe in uh, Keller, Texas, actually. Um, I think I know how you're going to answer it, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. He writes, help a, a fellow FPCer out in my title game, uh, in my title game, and can either play Jonathan Stewart at the Saints or Larry Fitz on the road in St. Louis. Much obliged. Thanks for the email, Joe in Keller, Texas. Uh, Blake, you already said you, you tend to lean more towards the wide receiver. Is is that what you would do in this case and start Fitzgerald over Stewart? <laughs> well, that's a tough one. This guy is not playing me, right? He is not Let's... playing you. I have confirmed okay. that. Okay, okay, good. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would lean towards Fitz. I think I would, too. Fitz over Stewart, Dave, this week? I mean, I, mean, I would hate to see Cam Newton scoring when uh, he could have handed it off to Stewart and, and then, uh, you know, Fitz is going to get seven to eight catches, so. Yeah, I agree that's with that. I mean, that's the problem with, with Stewart is it's like it's just so annoying inside the five-yard. You know, normally with, with the top running back, a guy who's 235 pounds, that has an 80% chance to score inside the five. Stewart, 20%. Yeah, I think he's sort of like the running back tease in fantasy because you're like, oh, a team with a great running game and a def, uh, like a fantastic defense that's undefeated, give me that running back. But Cam, uh, Cam Newton, and when Cam Newton's not stealing the goal line, Mike Tolbert is. Yeah. You know? let's, okay, let's look at this. Let's talk a little bit more Stewart because I'm going to complain more about this. You have an 11 and 0 team undefeated, right? And Stewart's still just pretty okay. He's like pretty good, but he's not like just blowing your doors off. Yeah. I mean, imagine if it was an 11 0 team with like Peterson. Peterson would have like 1,900 yards already and like yeah. 30 touchdowns. Yeah, he would for sure. Okay, maybe like 1,700. No, I think you're 1,900. I think it was maybe accurate. Like LT 2006, like insane. Go ahead, Blake. Final email we have uh, for you tonight. This is a philosophical one from Gary in Lexington, Kentucky. I that was from Rob. In your high stakes experience, what is one thing that you've gotten better at each year to the point you're at in 2015 with two teams doing so extraordinarily well? Uh, thanks for the email, Gary. Blake, I don't know if there's like one answer uh, here, or maybe there's several things that. Um, you know, since you started playing in the, the FFPC four years ago, what you've sort of incrementally got better at each each single or, you know, each year uh, as we move on. I don't know if you can attribute it to one thing, can you? You know, pro- probably not. I think um, you know, one thing that, that I, I have is, is I've stopped getting in love with players before I do, you know, the proper analysis. Um, you know, used to, I, I used to fall in love with the player, so it didn't matter what the analysis told me i would stick with that guy uh usually for worse um you know i think i think what i lean on a lot more now and what i've seen and and when i look back is you know the schedule and the matchups going in have a lot to do with it um you know back in 2008 i had a really good i think it was 2008 i had a really good i actually ended up number one after the uh 11 weeks in the uh wyckoff um, there was 900 teams in it, and uh, uh, one of my big successes was D'Angelo Williams that year. But uh, I picked him because the strength of schedule was so good for the running game. But he scored 20 TDs that year. I've kind of kept that philosophy all the way through. So um, you know, this year Julio had the easiest receiving schedule, so that that made that pick pretty easy for me. I have Julio just crushing it. I believe, Dave, and I don't have my math updated. I believe Julio Jones this year on pace for 714 catches. Whatever. Yeah, it's insane. I know. It seems high. It seems high, but it's actually, I think it's, it's, it's accurate. Would you like to uh, do the honors for our final question for Blake tonight? Yes. As usual, I always ask for a sleeper starter for week 13 and then also a stud player that you might want to bench this weekend. Wow. Um, Okay, so the sleeper starter that I would go with, uh, and I'm actually going with him on uh, at least one, maybe two of my leagues, is uh, Dante Moncrief against Pittsburgh. He really hasn't been startable since uh, week three. Uh, I know he had a a week last week, but I don't know that anybody would have started him out there. Uh, So I'm actually starting him. I think he's got some rapport with uh, Hasselbeck, and I think it could be a shootout. Uh, the guy that I'm sitting that I, I think is a stud, or at least you know I picked him in the second round, and he's had three of the last four weeks he's had monster weeks, is Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm just worried about him facing off against Josh Norman and Josh Norman just absolutely shutting him down. Um, so that that's a real risk. So no, I, I fully support that, and congrats on on Moncrief. I, I think when I when I looked at your teams. Um, both your top football guys ones. I think you drafted Moncrief in both of them, so congrats on, on keeping him around. That was a, a really good pick 
uh, for you this year, my friend. Uh, I don't know how often you've had to start him because you've had really good receivers in front of him, but certainly uh, definitely uh, an ace in the hole for you this season. Yeah, I started in the first four weeks. I think after that fourth week when he d- didn't do anything, then I started. You know, I didn't start him much after that, and then I've been able to pick up other guys. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy I targeted. You know, in the later rounds, and, and there's another good example of, uh, you know, why I don't use a second roster spot for a for a quarterback. Um, you know, I'd hate to miss out on a guy like that that could help me down the road. Or Deion Lewis. Point. I mean, I got him in one of the leagues, and Deion Lewis's was a monster. Um, you know, wouldn't if I would have taken a roster spot for a second QB, I wouldn't have got an opportunity for Deion Lewis. You know, it's really funny how Deion Lewis got so quickly forgotten because he was fantastic. Yeah, he really I mean, was. He, I mean, if he had gotten, not gotten hurt, he would have spent amazing in the playoffs. be interesting to see where he goes in drafts next year, depending upon what New England does uh, in the backfield. I thought they signed him to an extension, like, in mid-season. Right, but, he, so astute. but he is still coming off the ACL. You right. still have the, you know, free agency and, and the draft coming up, and God knows what New England's going to do, so... Maybe they'll put Brady a tailback next year, <laughs> bring Garoppolo and get them both on the field. Uh, Blake, uh, what a treat it was talking to you tonight. We we learned about. Let uh, me interrupt real quick. Yep. Uh, email Alex about the credit. Right. Card yes. Yes. Yeah. We might have found a new credit card processor right, for the well, FFPC tonight. We've been talking business. Talking. Swap some Chuck Knobloch stories. <laughs> learned about how to build dominant uh, teams in the Football Guys Players Championship. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I want to wish you best of luck the rest of the way. Definitely with two teams so high up, it's it's going to be a very fun. Uh, December for you this year, and uh, I, I hope the ball bounces your way, man. Thanks uh, so much for doing the show. Guys, I really appreciate it. It was an honor. Blake Pyle, former co-captain of the Texas A&M 1990-1991 Aggie <laughs> baseball team. What were you doing in 91, Balky? Uh 91, I would have been, what, t- uh, 11, 12 years old. I was 12. I turned 12 in 1991, which means I was you were just in entering, sixth grade. Entering puberty? No, no, no. I, no, I hit puberty in second grade, man. <laughs> just seriously, it's. And it sucks because now I have the body of a 60-year-old, yeah. which is really unfortunate. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, I, I was not uh, you know, rooming with Chuck Knobloch on a, a potential national championship contender. Speaking of national championship uh, contenders, noon tomorrow, yes. J.J. Keller Field at Titan Stadium, UW Oshkosh, number three in the nation, plays uh, UW-Whitewater in the national right quarterfinals, noon. Really? Are you going? I am not going, but I am going over to my parents' house to watch it because it's on Time Warner and I have you. Is it sold out? We should go watch it. I can't. I have to watch Emma because my Lucas and Jen are bring in Milwaukee. Her on. No, go watch the game. I don't want to bring her. It's going to be cold. Oh, she's going to be pissed. She just turned eight months on the eight first. Eight months. She's good. She, she no, she's not. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I already told Jen I'm going to the Stag Bowl in Virginia if Oshkosh makes it that far. So I'm invited over then. To my parents, sure. Yeah, maybe I'll. Yeah, I might come over and watch it. All right, fine. Well, you you do that and. Don't Bring, um, bring. I'm trying to think what what would be good for Titans versus Warhawks. You should bring some chicken or something. I think. I, it, wouldn't that be it? I don't know. No. I was with Spartans in high school, man. No, I'm talking about you went to the same college as me, so we're obviously both. I never went. Oshkosh. I never saw a football game in Oshkosh. Well, oh, you missed out. The team friend. was sucky. Well, the team is great now. Rob, let's go. If you've got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Uh, because you were fed up with being taught by teaching assistants at Marquette. Well, actually, I went to Oshkosh and I transferred to Marquette for one semester, and that was really expensive. And I worked at Blockbuster Video, and I hated it mm-hmm. um, just to try and pay for it. Everybody was pretentious, you know, rich dicks. And so then I transferred back to Oshkosh. But originally, when I went to Oshkosh, I was choosing between Oshkosh and Whitewater. They both had good business schools, and I just didn't like—I didn't like Whitewater. I didn't like the vibe there. But the only thing that annoyed me about Oshkosh—I might have said this before—is everybody was walking around with backpacks. So like the first three years I went to Oshkosh, uh, unlike every other college in the country, which I, nobody. Yeah, I know has it's a weird. I, it, I never. I I always would carry my books around with me, and you know what? This isn't I, high school, my friend. I realized like when I was about thirty, thirty-five, you know, backpacks are pretty good. They're like oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, you know, they yeah, can put all it. your stuff in. And I, yeah. I probably should. I probably should have carried a backpack. Don't, in college. don't don't speak ill of the Marquette grads. We have um, our friend uh, Golden Eagles in Blake Harrington. They're all jerk off. Marquette Marquette graduate and a great guy. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Groff. 
Ryan Graff, another, another great guy, Bearcock. another FFPC attorney. <laughs> is he not? Is he not on the legal team for the FFPC? Ryan Graff, he's an attorney. He's a friend of ours. And uh, he, he, we only email him once in a while when we're, like, pissed off about something but we don't want to pay for anything. It's like, oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Ryan, what is, what's the story with this? And then he'll respond, like, oh, yeah, that's ridiculous or that's cool. So, like, that's, he's, like, our cheap element. I don't even think you do. I think it's just you, you CC him on emails. Yeah, to, to people think, yeah, just like I will notify my attorney yeah, Ryan Groff. You don't, this. you don't really use Ryan. You just use his email. <laughs> like I think that's all it is. He's pretty cool about it. He's actually a cool. Guy. Hey, before we get to fantasy feedback, you talked about the Tyler Eifert uh, thing mm-hmm. earlier, and I know. Listen, he's, he's out. I, I call him outful. I said we he's were outful. Uh, yeah, are you bumping up? Um, any Tyler other? Croft. No, not Tyler Croft. Are you bumping up Sanu? Jesse James? Are you, no, not, he's on uh, Pittsburgh. I know, and uh, Heath Miller might miss. Yeah, so you're bumping up Jesse James? I, actually, that might be the guy I tried to pick up in Carrington. I have a question. Jesse James. I still got a cool We're trying too. to help people playing in their league championship games <laughs> and the Football Guys Players Championship in the FFPC main event, and you're talking about how Jesse James should be started this week? Um, that is a bulky move to bring that up. I think that Jesse James gets over... 11 FFPC points this week if, oh, if he starts. Oh, my God. What do you okay, think? Okay, okay. What do you want to bet? you want no, to bet it? Hold on. Hold Is on. that too little? No, 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 no. We, let's clarify this a little bit better. I don't want it like some sort of arbitrary start thing. If Heath Miller's inactive. If Heath Miller's inactive. I think he's going to be inactive. I think Jesse James scores. How many did I say? 11. 11 FFPC. Inactive, I think Jesse James scores less than, fewer or fewer than 11 <laughs> FFPC points. I got five. I got five. Balky, Jesse James is going to rob the wallet for, for five bucks. Yeah, well, you know what? I'll tell you what. He, he, it's a great here, train robbery on Balky. Here's what's going to happen. Normally, I bet on the guy who's going to be inactive, you know? <laughs> so, so somehow this is going to screw me this week. Like, Jesse James is so – it's, it's, like, if, if, if Miller is active, it's a no bet then, right? Or could, that's correct, yeah. Okay. Right. okay. So Jesse James. Anyway, the point I was getting at with, with Eifert, are you bumping up any other Bengals? Yeah, I think AJ Green's going to get just a bolt, I mean, out, of outside of him because you're starting start, him. Yeah. Um, I don't really think like this Sanu or Marvin Jones coming into the conversation. I don't think those guys are worthy of starting, especially if you're playing in an FFPC championship game. If you're playing in a regular game, I guess. But I mean, I still would prefer not to start them. Daryl in Toronto, Ontario. Maybe, hey, maybe Gio gets a few more targets. Uh, that could be as well. That, now he'd be an interesting start this week yeah. if you have him. Hey, who who are you playing if you have him and Hill? I don't, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know either. So this is like, you're asking me a question of like, well, oh, we I have to, know, I understand. Should I, should I start Anthony Davis or LeBron James? We host a fantasy tonight? football I'm podcast. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, the, there are other players out there besides <laughs> ones we own. Uh, I guess I would still start Hill, but that's coming from a person who has studied it. Not at all. I have no idea who's been better this year. I'm playing Bernard. <laughs> Would you care to wager five on that? No, I don't. I don't really. Know I thought I could well. trick you into it. So I'm sorry. I, I, I really, didn't expect you. I should have researched the Bengals' skill running back situation. Daryl in Toronto, Ontario. Hey guys, given your proximity to the team, can you shed any light on what is going on with Eddie Lacy and the Packers? You know, he, the problem with him is he's just as fat as in that preseason photo I sent over to you like a number of years ago. Yes, his rookie year, which yeah. was like three years ago. He's still got that same gut. The problem is gut. I don't think that's a I problem because he's always had the gut. Apparently, he missed curfew Wednesday night before the game. With, they, have, they have curfew, yeah. Professional, what's, what's, the, what's the time? I don't know. 11? But I know that the other, um, help me out, chat room, who is, um, Mudo is, James is, is on this. Is the other, other who is the cat that got cut from the Packers because he missed curfew as well? He's just on, he was on the practice squad earlier this year, Alonzo something. He got cut and he missed curfew. Lacey just got benched, was pretty un- ineffective when he got in there. Um, so going forward, you know, you, you hopefully you have a better option than Lacey because I, I, you know, hopefully it's just a one week thing. But but I don't know, man. That's a, that's a pisser. Yeah, he was he was rough even when he played I mean, yesterday. It's, 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 I mean, I don't know, it's just bad. Well, David, it'd be different if he like crushed it on his six touches, but he had like six he had six touches for like one yard or something like that. Yeah, I think no, he had, it's really, it was, he's he's been so up and down. It's just he's one of those guys like Gates last year where you'd bench him and then he'd have 30 points and yeah. then you'd start him and you'd have zero. Yeah. Alonzo Harris. Thank you, Henry. I knew Henry Mudo. Henry Mudo fit, never fails to come through for us. Mudo was like amazing with his knowledge. Jim in Crown Point, Indiana. One spot open at receiver for me this week. Who do you guys think I should play? John Brown or Michael Floyd at the Rams? The guy who's been burned by Michael Floyd, including a .65 loss in Kentucky last week, I am going to play John Brown. As a person who's traded uh, Michael Floyd for Josh Gordon, 
Yeah, I think I trade a, a, a first round pick and Michael Floyd for Josh Gordon. Yeah, I'm still happy with the trade. So I guess, yeah. I hate Michael Floyd, John Brown. Yeah, I think you have to go that way. Matt in Gulfport, Mississippi. What are your feelings on Martellus Bennett now that Royal and Marcus Wilson aren't expected to play versus the Niners? I have to decide between him and Jacob Tammy at the Bucks. And frankly, people, I, pro- I teased that we were going to have uh, some would-you-rathers with some tight ends this week. We're going to play one would-you-rather, and it's going to be with a quarterback coming up. Right, so I, I, my apologies to that. Tammy or Bennett, which one you got this week? Who would you rather play? Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm going to still go Tammy. I don't, I, I don't trust that Unicorn gets enough targets. You know, they're still throwing to Chandler here and there. I don't hate to say it. I agree with you, Tammy. The thing is, I think Alshon Jeffrey gets, like, the better part of, like, 20 targets this week. He might and, be a good daily start. Oh, he'd be a fantastic daily start. Do you have a daily lineup this week, by the way? I don't know if I'll have time for it. but do you have I do have one stuff? that I put in the other night. Okay. Well, you don't have to bring it up right now. But I'm playing Jacob Tammy. Remember, Leonard Hankerson, IR today. And or excuse me, yesterday and or maybe it was today. I don't know. The days are blending together. It's December, um, and uh, Roddy White still ineffective. So give me. I loves me some Tammy. Uh, two of the top. I got a lineup. Pass rushers for Tampa gonna miss this week. Gerald McCoy and I can't think of who the the defensive end is that that's gonna be out. So and Matt Ryan. Last time these two teams played, 397 passing yards. So wow. I love Tammy. Nice. Dear Batman and Superman. Did you see the? Uh, Dawn of Justice trailer that got released this week. <laughs> it was fantastic. No, I was working. Uh, well, you I should have been. I listen. I didn't watch it during work hours, but I will say it was a fantastic trailer. Oh, was it? Oh my gosh, it looks amazing. Does, does Batman have like Krypton juice on his belt? No, but there is one scene, or like later on in the trailer, because you know why are they going against each other? Aren't because they, they don't pals? trust each other. It's clear in the trailer that Batman doesn't trust an alien from outer space with unlimited power that's unchecked. He doesn't like it, and Superman doesn't trust Batman because Superman's like, look, I stand for good. I'm trying to help you. Why? Are you trying to stop me? So they initially do not get along. So, so Batman is the Republican who doesn't trust the illegal alien, and then Superman is the Democrat who doesn't trust the really rich guy. That's pretty accurate. Oh, there you go. So you it's would the Democrats versus so, the Republicans. So you would clearly be Batman. <laughs> and I'm clearly Superman because I love everyone. I uh, um, I have no comments. Chris Car- unlike Trump, listen, I have no comments. Listen, Chris Carlson is, is American Mullet is listening to the show right now. He's like, they're both Superman. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what Mullet would think. I'm Mister uh, Mister Democrat. I own Matt Ryan everywhere this year, but have been sporadically playing him because of matchups. I was wondering if you could play a Would you rather with him and these quarterbacks? Since Bulky probably won't read my email unless I include who everyone is playing, I have included those as well. Happy holidays, Chris in Arlington, Nebraska. Hey, thanks, Chris. We are already up against it, so we're not going to play the drop route. Merry Christmas, Chris. Go ahead. Matt Ryan at Tampa or Marcus Mariota versus the Jaguars? Uh, actually, the Jaguars, these are right. I'll take Ryan. I would take Ryan as well. Matt Ryan against Tampa or Derek Carr uh, at home against the Chiefs? Uh, actually, I like the Chiefs' defense as well. I'm taking Ryan on the road. I will take Derek Carr. No Justin Houston for the Chiefs this week. Ryan Tannehill versus Baltimore or Matt Ryan? Um... You know, I might take Tannehill at home for some reason. I don't know why. Miami's been a mixed bag this year. Give me Matt Ryan. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. Matt Ryan at Tampa or Drew Brees at home against the Panthers? I don't like Brees' matchup there. He's had really rough games. I'll take uh, I'll take Ryan. Yeah, you know, the, I think there's there's blowout potential where Brees gets a lot of garbage time, but I'm still going to take Ryan because I think that's – I'd rather I bet on shootouts rather than blowouts. Does that make sense? Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick at the Giants. <laughs> You know, that's a juicy matchup for Fitzpatrick. I'm taking Fitzpatrick. I love the beard. Me too, baby. No, he, didn't he shave receivers. it? I think he shaved it. I don't know. I'm not, I don't hang out with the guy. Final one, Matt he Ryan. The other week. Matt Ryan at Tampa. Yeah, I know. I think he shaved it this past week. Matt Ryan at Tampa or Jay Cutler at home versus the Niners? I'll take Cuddy. I will too. Isn't that sad? Yeah. We're like, we you just get done fawning all over Matt Ryan. We're like, yep, start Cutler. Falk, you have a prediction. Cutler against the Niners? He might break a smile. Uh, that, I will bet five on that, my friend. There's no way. All right, uh, we have to fly. Hello, HSFF Hour. Is this the final ride for Manning? What yes. should I be doing with him the rest of the season Cutting for him. my redraft? And next year for my dynasty team, Cody and Bloomfield Township, Keep Michigan. Osweiler. Cut Manning. You can cut him, cut him now. Cut him in dynasty? Absolutely. If you can get a third-round pick future for, for Manning right now, take it. Even a fourth, I would, th- I would think about it. One of the ancillary leagues. He is worth less than less. I would actually rather take... Tony Gonzalez right now with Manning. One of the ancillary leagues in uh, Kentucky this past week, I cut Peyton Manning, I think, for Brian Hoyer yeah. the rest of the way. So oh, the go. mighty have fallen. Good luck in the Hall of Fame. 
Let's uh, thank Blake Kyle for uh, popping into tonight's show and uh, giving us a lot of uh, things to chew on as we set our lineups for Week 13. I also want to thank NFLShop.com, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and most of all, all of our listeners. You guys are fantastic. We'll be back next week with 10th place in the FFPC main event team. Ron Hacker is going to join us on the show. You pre-booked? Yeah, pre-booked. Enjoy Week 13. Good luck in your league championship. Ladies and gentlemen, good championship. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Yeah, no.